Hey everybody, it's me, Dustin. Well, it's me on Facebook at least. Have, have you checked out Facebook yet? If if you're not on Facebook, you, I'm sure you know someone who is on it. In fact, over the last couple of years, Facebook has just exploded with popularity and there are now over 222 million people using it. Facebook just seems like it's the place where we share life together. It's the place where we're able to share our thoughts and our feelings, uh, the, the milestones in our life. Um, it's almost like having our friends available to us right there at our fingertips whenever we want. Like it's a digital representation of that physical person. But is Facebook really us? I mean, obviously it's, it's not. It's, it's just a bunch of digital information, right? Sometimes I begin to wonder if we're getting a little too consumed with things like Facebook. I mean, do people really care when I go to the gym or get a haircut or what I'm reading? It just seems like not just Facebook, but everything in our society has begun to revolve around us. You know, I can listen to anything I want on my iPod whenever I want. In fact, not just music, but I can watch movies, TV shows, talk shows. I can even record my own podcast and then put it on the internet and then download it onto my iPod to watch. Um, just seems like everything is revolved around me. Or TV. I can watch TV whenever I want, whenever it's convenient for me. I can record it and then watch it later. Fast forward, pause it, rewind it, anything I want. Or... Uh, even news sources on the on the um, internet, you can go to a website. It will learn what types of news you like, and then will actually cater to your tastes in uh, in the news. And of course, then you have the infamous website YouTube, where you can upload any video of something that you've done, whether or not people care or not. You can put up yourself uh, on YouTube. In fact. YouTube's motto is broadcast yourself. Hmm. With the focus of our culture continually pointing towards me and towards I, at some point I have to ask myself, how important am I really? I mean, if I were to drop dead right now, would much change in the universe really? I mean, the planets would keep spinning and life on Earth would continue on. Sometimes I wonder if we're so consumed in our own busy lives that we forget that we're pretty small in the big picture. You know, sometimes I think we even miss out on the things that are around us because we're so in a rut and such in a routine of our lives. As I speak these words here, I'm in my room at Pine Springs Ranch for uh, the journey retreat that our whole staff has been a part of. And yesterday I was out in the woods and I got to actually watch an insect working in the dirt, going about its business. But I was thinking that that, that insect didn't realize that there was more to his little world than where he was. He didn't know there was a summer camp right next to him or that there's a town down the road or that there's an ocean way to the west. All he knows is his little world. I think of my own dogs too. You know, I take them for runs and we take them for trips in the car. But they don't really understand all that there is in this big world either. All they know is their own little world. 
I even think of our human race. You know, not until relatively recently in history did human beings um, realize that the world or that the universe did not revolve around the earth. But I think sometimes we still have that stuck in our head. Think about your routine every day. What happens? What do you do? You may go to school. You may go to work. You may be running errands around town. And if we watched from above, we would see this pattern develop. Going to work, going to school, going to the store, coming home, repeating again. We would see this rut just get worked into the map within you know, a 20, 25 mile radius every week, the same thing, back and forth in a circle. Sometimes it feels like we're so consumed by that pattern that we just become so focused, we stop seeing the mountains, we stop seeing the trees, and we stop realizing that there is more beyond our own little lives. I wanna show you a video that uh, is very impactful to me. I saw it for the first time when I was in junior high. And it's a science video that my teacher showed our class that illustrates the powers of 10. And uh, as you watch this video, just be thinking, how big and how important am I really in the universe? We begin with a scene one meter wide, which we view from just one meter away. The sleeping man is having a picnic on a Miami golf course. As we back off, the clocks start, and we accelerate in such a way that after 10 seconds have elapsed, we will be exactly 10 times farther away. Now the scene is 10 meters wide, and in 10 seconds it will be 10 times that wide. The sleeping man is still in the center and will remain there long after he has lost the sight. After the second 10 seconds, the square we see is 100 meters wide, the distance a man can run in 10 seconds. Now a kilometer, a thousand meters, the distance a racing car can drive in 10 seconds. The picnic is about lost as we begin to see Miami Beach. 10 to the fourth power, 10,000 meters, the distance a supersonic airplane can travel in 10 seconds. 10 to the fifth power, a one and five zeros, the distance a satellite in orbit can cover in 10 seconds. Our speed is growing at a tremendous rate. In these past 10 seconds, we will have covered almost one million meters. The Earth, that will be all but gone in about 20 seconds, looks solid and imposing and remarkably spherical. 10 to the seventh, our speed is now about two million miles an hour three-tenths of one percent of the speed of light growing fast. A beam of light on the same plane as Earth would travel this far in one second. We can now see the orbital path of the moon around the Earth. As our speed gets to be a substantial percentage of the speed of light, it has an effect on our time scale. What seems a normal 10 seconds to us would be a much longer period in relative Earth time. Our clocks are getting out of synchronization. Now a long time elapses on Earth for each 10 seconds of our traveling time. The clock is spinning round. The light from the sun appears in parts of the orbit paths of some of the planets, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. 10 to the 12th, 
Considerably farther away is the outer group of planets, so that we now see a whole solar system. Because they are so much farther away from us than the sun is, the stars seem to stand still. The entire solar system can now only be identified as light from the sun. The ancient constellations demonstrate the direction in which we are traveling, perpendicular to the plane of the Milky Way galaxy. A supernova, an exploding star, flares. We are now one light year away, 10 to the 16th meters. We are approaching the distance of the closest star to the sun, Alpha Centauri. Now our speed is so great that even the stars in the background slowly seem to change their position, converging to the center. The closest stars form a local group which gives another dimension to the sky. 10 to the 18th. As we back into the nebulous material of the Milky Way, we lose all familiarity with our surroundings. Gases and small stars of different kinds surround us. Now we are beginning to see the tremendous cosmic form of the Milky Way galaxy, of which the Earth is such a tiny and insignificant part. All the stars we see from Earth belong to this one galaxy which in turn belongs to its local group of galaxies. These form part of a grouping system, much as the stars do. They are so many and so varied that from this distance they appear like the stars from Earth, although, of course, each spot of light now contains many millions of stars. Were we to continue our journey, the scene would probably now remain much the same. The spots of light might just get smaller. back to the picnic on the golf course will be a sped up reverse version, reducing the distance to the Earth's surface by one magnitude every two seconds. Every two seconds we will appear to cover 90% of the distance back to Earth. We notice the rhythm of change between periods of great activity and relative inactivity that will continue all the way down to our next target, the nucleus of a carbon atom just beneath the skin on the hand of the sleeping man at the picnic. the ninth meters, and to the eighth, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We are back at our starting point. Whoa. I'm not very big, am I? That problem that I had, that it's been on my mind, not really that, that, uh, that big a deal. By the way, if anyone wants a soundtrack, I can, I can get that for you. Um, that, that footage makes me feel really old to have seen that in, in school. Wow. So insignificant, so small. I can't even describe to you. It's indescribable to tell you how vast the universe is. Even that really doesn't do it justice. If you go to the church website after uh, this afternoon and look at continuing the conversation, if we don't have it up already, we'll put up a video 
of some stats of just how big the universe is. We are so small. I want to show you, I love showing instead of just talking, I love showing. I want to show you uh, some images of the universe. And as you see these images, I'm going to be, there's some scripture over top of it. And I just want you to think of the enormity of God's creation and where we fit into that. O Lord, our Lord, your excellence can be seen everywhere. Your glory and greatness is written across the heavens. Children look up at the sky in awe and are silent. The great expanse of the heavens and the power of your might silences your enemies. When I consider the heavens and what you've done, when I see the moon and the stars which you have made, I am awed. What is man that you concern yourself with him? Of what value is he to you that you continue to be bothered with him? O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Power and dominion belong to God, and awe is man's proper response. Order and peace are the laws of heaven. Can anyone number his troops of angels? Is there any place in the universe where his light does not shine? How can a man be righteous before God? How can one born of a woman be clean in his presence? If the moon is dim in his presence, and the stars of heaven are not clean in his eyes, then how much less is man, who is but a maggot? He stretched out the sky across the heavens and hung the earth upon nothing. He fills the clouds with water and keeps them from bursting under the load. He covers the face of the moon with the clouds. He draws the ocean boundaries and marks the days beginning and ending. The core of the earth shakes, amazed at his rebuke. By his power he stirs up the sea, and by his power he destroys the monstrous creatures who live there. By his breath he makes the sky clear, and by his hand he catches the soaring eagle. These are but the outer fringes of his works. We hear only whispers of his power and see only shadows of what he can do. Who can know how great God is or understand the magnitude of his power? That's, that's the thing I don't understand. You can show me all of the, 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 the stats on how big the universe is. You can show me how, uh, how far away uh, the nearest star is, how big the Milky Way galaxy is, how small we are. That's the thing that I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. The God that created all of those uh, planets and stars and galaxies, everything in, that exists, everything he created, and yet not only did he uh, care about us enough uh, to come and, 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 and get to know who we are, but he also paid the price for our sins. That is the incredible mystery I don't understand. The speed of light really frustrates me. That, that whole concept just makes me, my brain hurt. You know, there, there are things in physics and science that I just don't understand, but that's one that just does not make any sense at all. And that's, that's the absurdity of grace. I have, I have one more little slideshow. And uh, as you're watching this again, just think of the absurdity. We're, we're so insignificant. Why would God have come and done that?
Wow. Our universe is unfathomable. And we're so small. But here's the amazing part. Even though we are so tiny, so insignificant in the universe, for some reason, the creator of the universe decided he cared for us so much that he would send his only son to die for you. He didn't have to. We really don't deserve it. In fact, it's pretty absurd, actually, if you think about it. If you take a step back from the story and just look at things objectively, why would the God of the universe decide that our planet was worth putting himself into harm's way for? But yet, that is exactly what Jesus says that God did for us in John 3.16, that famous passage. He said, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him won't be lost, but will have eternal life. God loved our little world so much, he cared about us, us. The ones that mess things up and hurt each other and generally just never quite measure up to the ideal. He loved us anyway, just the way we are. In fact, Paul says in Romans 5, verses 6 through 8, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not only does God love you so much despite of your shortcomings, but he wants you to come to him right where you are. You don't have to clean up your act or quit a habit or begin living differently for God to love you. Paul also says in Ephesians 2 verse 8 that it's because of God's grace that we're saved through faith and not because of any goodness in us or any works on our part. It's a gift from God. Wow. This God, who is indescribable and all-powerful, cares about us. Not only did he care enough to come into our world, but he wants to be in relationship with you. It's not just enough to know that he loves us, even though we are small and insignificant. No, he wants to be a part of our lives and take part in a life conversation with you. Just think about that. The God who created the whole universe wants to be in conversation with you. It doesn't make any sense. And that is why we are significant. And that is why we live our lives with an awe and a gratitude for what he has done in our own lives, even despite our own efforts. And that is why there is significance in our insignificance. That's the gospel. That's what it's all about. Man, we don't deserve any of this. But for some reason, unbeknownst to me, un- it's a mystery. I can't explain it. Yet we are significant. Yes, we're tiny. Yes, we're small. Yes, if we all were gone, it wouldn't change anything in the universe, except that God loves us. And so I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're feeling like that God who is so big is maybe too big. Maybe you feel like he's not in your life right now. Maybe you feel like there are things in the way that you are involved with that you 
can't really come to God until you have changed those ways. But I'm here just to tell you today that this is what we're all about as Christians. God loves each and every one of you, and he wants to get to know you. And he paid the price for you so that you can have eternal life. There is significance in our insignificance. And because of that, we are significant. Bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, creator of the universe, it's such an unbelievable thought just to think that we can even come before you now and talk to you. We thank you for the hope that you've given us in the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. And we thank you for the opportunity we now have to live lives that reflect that love that you have showed us. So as we go from here today, let us go with an awe and a gratitude for who you are and what you've done in our lives. Thank you for making us significant. In Jesus' name, amen.